1: This is Histories of the Unexpected.
2: He's the famous historical
1: adventurer, Dr. Sam Willis. And he's Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He is Professor James Daybell. And we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising subject oozing with unexpected
2: historical significance. And this week it's Dreams. Which of course is all about the history of demons and digestion. And of course, how can we neglect Freud? Which of course we do. It's all about the history of the nightmare
1: for me, and of course, cheese. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter.
2: You can follow me at Dr. Sam Willis, and you can follow me at James Daybell we're proud to be part of the excellent history hit network home of dan snow's history hit and other great shows coming soon and you can find out more about what we've got planned in the
1: forthcoming months show notes video clips photos of everything we discuss and much much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 17 of Histories of the Unexpected, where we will be audio-googling through history, exploring the history of things that you didn't even know had a significant story to tell, like the bed, the ruler, or, this is a brilliant one, the exclamation mark. The exclamation
2: mark. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant, or well, the full stop. Yes, any kind of punctuation. Excellent, <laughs> The comma, Yes. the Oxford comma. And we'll be following the links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how simply everything, simply everything has a history and crucially how those histories link in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, Sam, that the history of potatoes is all about community. It's about the shared the mm-hmm. shared meal, the bowl of potatoes on a table, the family style meal, or that the history of perfume is in fact all about the history of... Political assassination. That's good. Yep. I like that. I, I want to know more about that. Excellent. I, Excellent. I, I, I didn't realise I knew so little about the
1: history of perfume until you said the history of perfume. <laughs> we should, we I should, We should definitely do perfume. Mm. Aromas. Aromas. History of the sense. Wine. Wine. Mm. Can we taste some wine while we're doing it? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, the man sitting opposite me is it a hoarder of history. It's professor hoarder. James Daber.
2: A hoarder of history. And the man sitting opposite me, to keep the alliteration going is the husbandman of history. It is Dr. Sam Willis. I like husbandman. It's, it's, husbandman. One, it's, it's, it's uh, Wow, what
1: did they do? They're very masculine. <laughs> um, together, we will be piloting you on this uncharted and frankly highly dangerous flight into the past. We've got no idea where we're going. We've got a rough idea of where we're starting. Each, one, each week, one of us takes the lead. And this week, it's James's term. James,
2: what have you got for me? Okay, okay. So, what I have for us this week... Is the history of the dream the history of dreams? Nice. So, if I said to you about the history of dreams, and I'm somebody who you know dreams quite a bit, um, and but strangely (laughs) rarely remembers them, um, if I talk to you about the history of dreams, what would your what would your first thoughts be off the top of your head?
1: Top of my head, I think you've got to draw a line between dreams themselves so actually what's going on in the dream and how the types of dreams have changed throughout history so i might be having anxiety dreams about dropping my ipad now and that wouldn't have happened in 1736 no no what were they thinking about how how has how, how has the content of dreams changed throughout history um and then on the other hand you've got I suppose people's responses to dreams, understanding of dreams, um, and I suppose it, it, it's all massively linked with the memory and imagination, yeah. isn't it? And, and that yeah. itself is a sort of massively significant theme in history. Yeah. So people maybe recalling events in a dream but those recollections, being one way or another, fuddled by time, by yeah. their personal concerns, by their by their own deep wishes. So um, now, the more I think about it, I realise that actually dreams are entirely
2: central to the whole discipline of history. Yeah, we must understand. So, so it is about it's about it's about memory, and of course, how can we miss Freud? Yes, nineteenth okay. century nineteenth century Vienna and. And the interpretation of dreams as these sort of, you know, as these sort of re- repressed, sort of unconscious, as things that reveal feelings the feelings that that, that that are revealing of the self and and sort of repressed desires that are all connected to one's mother. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's psychoanalysis. So, so 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 psychoanalysis. But if we have a look at the history of dreams over time, yeah, how have people? cultures in the past across the world mm. interpreted dreams understood dreams mm. in terms of not only how not only in terms of the interpretation of dreams as people dream but thinking about how how do dreams come about yeah. you know and a lot of the a lot of sort of um, mm. earlier civilizations thought that it was associated with 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 evil with demons that yeah. were entering you know the the body at night and, and yeah. infecting people. Yeah. Um. In fact, your 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 son is coming back from the BFG. He is, um, which is all about dream catching, dream, ca- um, mm. dream catching, and 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 giving people good and and bad dreams. Um. So I think I think there are lots of different ways of 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 thinking about this over time. How cultures have. Have thought about this, but I think the, the, Actually, the history of sleeping as well it's the, the, history the history of history of sleep. insomnia and yeah. all, all yeah. sorts of things and drugs as well to get people yeah. to sleep. Yeah. Pipe dreams, ah, pipe dreams drugs, are all yeah. about you know it's the it's dreams that are associated with opium yeah. opium smoking. But also, if we think about it's it's not just about about uh, about dreaming when you're asleep. It can also be um, nightmares. Yeah. I suppose it can also be visions, daydreaming. So that I uh, the idea that you're you know, you're thinking about your hopes and, and dreams and desires. Um, the link think... with opium is actually really interesting. So if you if you take it back to what mid nineteenth
1: century, when yeah. you know just before the opium wars kicked off, you know, there, there's obviously a corresponding explosion of cultural production, whether it's poetry, novels, art, which are linked to opium dreams, yeah. in particular. Yeah. And yeah. so there's there's that that whole. The relationship between dreams and nightmares and um, artistic creation, which, yeah. which then sort of carries on and well, can yeah. be followed in either direction, can't it? From from, yeah. from the yeah. mid nineteenth
2: century. So, what the, I think for me, the starting point is: How, as a historian, do you recover or reconstruct actual dreams before you even go into the interpretation of dreams? How do, how, as a historian, do they do they actually survive? This is something that, oh, as you know, in, as in, the people. How, how do you know what people were dreaming? How do you know what people were dreaming? So you either got to yeah. talk to them about it, or you've got and, to and hope they're, they and make they're, notes. they're dead. <laughs> you know, in in the, so, it's, so it's very difficult to do. You know, to actually access. I suppose you know somebody's sort of unconscious, yeah, uh, like that. So what it so what you're actually getting at, I suppose, is fragments that they remember of dreams in the hope that they have been recorded yeah you know if you think about how dreams work we are supposed to you know all of us be prolific dreamers each night and have to sort of between three and five six seven seven dreams some of which we remember some of which we don't a lot of the most vivid are during you know during uh, you know REM sleep Mm -hmm. um but you know where if you think about you know how do we access you know um, ancient dreams, medieval dreams, uh, you know, sixteenth, seventeenth century dreams. that's it, you know, it's quite it's quite difficult to think about that. and what i'd what I'd like to to start with as a sort of way of getting this across is how is a, a diary extract from a an essex-based seventeenth century clergyman, a man called Ralph Jocelyn. If you haven't read Jocelyn's diary, it is the most wonderful. Uh, diary and he you know this is a guy who um he's a he's a clergyman but also he uh, because of the very nature of that job he's at home you know so as somebody who's a sort of a, a new dad a modern dad and around my kids all the time and and sort of observing them um you know i i i can sort of i'm very interested in this as a diary, because he's there, the kids are Mm -hmm. around, you know a lot about family life. Um, You know, there are wonderful descriptions of, you know, his kids sort of getting into all these scrapes, like a kid falling into the fire. Right. Um, Another kid sort of, you know, being hit by a brick bat. Another kid is sort of poked in the eye. But there's also this wonderful extract from the diary in December uh, 1654, which I'll, I'll just read you here which recounts his son, Tom, his young son, Tom, having a dream. Oh, okay. So we've got evidence. So historical we've got, evidence got, of a child's dream. We've got dream. historical evidence of a child's dream. The history of childhood is something that we should do a yeah. do another podcast about. It's incredibly difficult to write a history of a child from a from a child's point of view. But I'll give you that. This is his, his description. So he's obviously told his father about this dream. This morning, my son, Tom, told me his wonderful dream and remember the important thing here to remember is that this is a this is a clergyman who's bringing up his child in a very religious manner jesus christ in a white robe came into my pulpit while preaching and hugged me and i him then he came to him and put his inkhorn in his pocket and carried him into the churchyard and asked him what he would have tom said a blessing jesus christ bade him follow him and mounted up to heaven and he after them next Jesus Christ. They ascended in shoals. None could go so fast as he. Diverse would have gone and Jesus Christ bade them go back and not follow him. When in heaven, they were singing melodiously and praying all in white. Jesus Christ and the company passed through over a mountain and over the sea. And then on the land we fell a praying and could not see Jesus Christ. The devil came and made a burring, and presently Jesus came and drave him away and bid him get him behind his back, Satan. (laughs) Then Christ returned the same way with his into heaven, all returning to earth, but he and his sister Mary would not let him come away. Then Jesus told him he must, and he saw him sit at the Father's right hand, which was wonderful. Then while in heaven, he thought there was terrible thunder but he was not afraid, and there was—he knew—an earthquake below. I turned him to some texts, some texts like these passages: "The Lord do my child good by such things." So it's the most wonderful, vivid description Amazing of an details. ascension into heaven, meeting <coughs> Jesus. Um, you know, a battle with the devil, which he wins. Which he wins. I mean, this is the most, pre- you know, the most precocious sort of childhood I'm a bit dream. of a cynic. I'm a bit of a cynic. To me,
1: his dad's a clergyman, right? Yeah. So uh, that is rather like a dream that a child would make up He's trying to impress.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could you could say that. Or what you could say is that you know, as part of his upbringing, yeah. this you know, he's getting a real sort of staple diet of this sort of fodder, yeah, and that's informing his you know his, his, ch- his, his, dream, his dream world. But what's a, what's incredible about this is that he what we actually have is a way into the imagination of a child mm-hmm. in the you know mid seventeenth century you know, a child's view and reconstruction in their own mind of heaven yeah. and of Jesus. And, and, and you know, and yes, it's all in a very sort of, you know, traditional kind of conventional way, but it's nonetheless the the dream world.
1: And how else can we, we come child? across this? So, so unless someone is actually recording dreams, whether they're doing it just off the cuff because their
2: child's had a dream or they've spoken yeah. to someone who's had yeah. a dream, well, I mean... I physicians and astrologers oh, often have uh, yeah. often have, have dreams. So there are historical sources out there. There are the historical collections of dreams. Collections of dreams. So um the astrologer um Richard Napier, mm. uh, there's a wonderful uh, collection of his case wonderful digital online project of his case books. And he um has a lot of patients who come to him um that are that are suffering from all kinds of mental anxieties and often discuss... Dreams, um, you know, it's a good source for women's dreams from this period. So a lot of dreams associated with rejection by men, um, suicidal dreams, mm. uh, women who have had childbirth, suffering from postnatal depression. So
1: all those are very and, dramatic things. Yeah. So those, those, are, those, are, those yeah. are
2: in terms of someone's lives,
1: massive problems. Yeah. Um, and so, I suppose what we've got there is is, is a glimpse into the history of. Um, dreams, which have affected people's life, at an absolute turning point in their lives, rather than yeah. a kind of a day to day. Do to do to do. do, do. Yeah, I was good, a dream, the, you know, a la, good, la la la. The good dream, the yeah. good dream. So, yeah. I mean, what really struck me about the idea of dreams, um, I don't know what it says about me, but is nightmares. Yeah, yeah. And nightmares in history, it, it it's a wonderful door you can open into all sorts of things. So, why don't we just just off the top of our heads think about the history of nightmares and what sure. they can tell us? Sure. sure, um, sure. Certainly it's to do with personal anxieties, anxieties, I, I think, specific to the age. Yeah, And I am particularly interested in nightmares as inspiration uh, for gothic literature. Right. Um, Frankenstein's right. one. Right. Um, let me read you something here. Um, so, let's see if I can find this quote. It's a wonderful one. Mary Shelley, Frankenstein. Night waned upon this talk and even the witching hour had gone by before we retired to rest. When I placed my head on my pillow, I did not sleep, nor could I be said to think. My imagination, unbidden, possessed me and guided me. We're going to get back to this, possession and guidance later. Gifting the successive images that arose in my mind with a vividness far beyond the usual bounds of reverie. I saw, with shut eyes but acute mental vision, I saw the pale student of the unhallowed arts, kneeling beside the thing he had put together. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out, and then... On the working of some powerful engine, to show signs of life and stir with an uneasy, half vital motion. Frankenstein's monster and Frankenstein's book were born with that dream. And it's not the only one, there are other examples of it. Um, certainly, if you think of the dream in relation to literature, Shakespeare is always yeah, yeah. Uh, getting into dreams. So it's, it's an the amazing, Bible, yeah, important um, literary device. Yeah. Um, but the nightmare is certainly used there um by Mary Shelley to to inspire her
2: and write one of the most famous novels of all time. Mm. And what's interesting is how people have thought that nightmares come about. Yeah. And that has changed over time. Yeah, you know, if you think about classic classical through to sort uh, of medieval, I suppose, you're you're thinking about uh, and certainly into the Renaissance, that it is some kind of supernatural yeah. interference. That it, it's often associated with 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 demons. Oh, I've got something um,
1: particularly good for that. Excellent. Uh, which I discovered. Okay, I'm going to show you something. Uh, <laughs> are you ready for this? Yes. What's
2: going on here? <laughs> that that looks like a, that looks like you. Yeah, it this, is, this is a this is a, a Sam Willis. I've recreated um, a very famous on painting on the on the couch. Um, Head, foot, and arm falling off it. Dog sitting on you. What have you recreated? I
1: have recreated a a very famous painting of a nightmare. Ah. Oh, with a demon. So here I am. um, I'm I'm falling off the sofa, and I have a Cocker Spaniel puppy on my chest weighing... Representing the demon. Representing the demon. So this is um, 1782. Yeah. Okay. So it's an interesting kind of period of... um, imperial crisis, actually, so um, just after the the, the loss of the American colonies, the American Revolution. This is um, by the artist Henry Fuseli, and um, it's called The Nightmare, and uh, we know that Freud had this on his wall in his study. Right. Absolutely loved it. So we've got a lady lolling on a couch, arms
2: dangled. um, uh, Unconscious, white robe, hair, long, sort of curly hair. Um, almost looks like she's dead.
1: Yeah, and sitting on her stomach, diaphragm, chest is a, a monster that could almost have been a demon. painted by Goya. Yeah, it's it's the most horrific goblin, demon, or something from the Hobbit. You know, the Lord yeah. of the Rings. Um, hideous, smirking. Yeah, sitting very heavily. Um, and then beyond that, we've got
2: what looks like a sort of. Nightmare horse. Yes, yeah. the, the kind of an evil horse with no with no eyeball. Yes, well, with, or with cataracts sort of...
1: or something. Yeah. Um, so a sort of pale of eyed white heart. black steed overlooking yeah. the whole thing. And it's it's a truly magnificent painting of a nightmare. But what's interesting yeah. about it is at this period, and from before it, like you were saying, people believed that nightmare. It was all to do with being possessed yeah. by a demon. Yeah, and it, the nightmare itself wasn't the, the process of thinking or the sort of um, the way that the the thoughts took shape. So to me, it's all to do with the narrative of a dream about whether it's good or whether it's bad. Mm, mm. In the eighteenth century, it was all about um, weight. It was about a crushing physical weight bearing down on your chest, um, and that changed gradually throughout history it turned into the mid-19th century when people started understanding what was going on mm, mm. um now the, the the presence of the horse is interesting because when he first painted this there was no horse and this came later and a lot of people assume that that is somehow linked to the mare in the word nightmare mm, but mm. it's not it's nothing to do with horses ma is to do is um ma mare it means an imp it means a kind of a, a hideous demon which sort of possesses you in your sleep but um yeah, this is one of the most evocative pictures of a nightmare of an artist trying to deal with what exactly is going yeah. on in that process, and it's a, it's a physical problem. It's not a mental yeah. issue.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think it, I think this is also harking back to a much earlier period. I think by the eighteenth century, the idea that 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 it would have mm-hmm. been that nightmares would have been caused by literally by demons and being possessed, sort of, is is on the wane. If yeah. you think about you know in the uh, 17th century physician writer nicholas culpeper for example is is already sort of debunking that sort of the sort of the idea of of demons and and that we see in 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 popular culture you know from the medieval church you know he's unpicking that and for him it's about digestion okay really it's connected but that's a common connected. thing it's I mean, connected to other things yeah if you have a nightmare so what cheese yeah, did you eat what cheese did you eat yeah so i've got i've got a little e- extract from from here where he describes the nightmare he talks about the nightmare was supposed by the ancients not to be any real disorder of the body but to do but to be an effect or sensation derived from carnal contact in the night with some evil spirit or demon during the hours carly of sleep. Contact, carly so contact. It's, specifically so it's, sex. It's, it's a sort of sexual sort of you know, penetration of people. Absurd as was this doctrine, whose vol- whole volumes have been written upon it, and in former days it opened a large field for priestcraft. How many reasons have we to be thankful for the lights of the gospel dispensed in our own tongue? I mean, he's writing in a very Protestant tradition here, and for the illuminations of the present era in this disease in other words the nightmare the patient in time of sleep imagines he feels an uncommon oppression or weight so there there's, okay. your, there's your weight that you're talking about about his breast or stomach which he can by no means shake off and there there and he then sort of talks about all these remedies that 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 you can have that is this disorder has been supposed to proceed from too much blood from a stagnation of blood in the brain lungs etc but it is rather a nervous affection and arises chiefly from indigestion. <laughs> Hence, we find that persons of weak nerves who lead a sedentary life are most commonly afflicted with the nightmare. And then he's got all these sort of recipes for how to avoid nightmares. But, I mean, that's interesting because there was there's
1: certainly one description of Fusilli when he was painting that, and someone said he must have been supping on raw pork chops before he painted it. it didn't matter. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know very much about nightmares, but I would certainly have one if I ate, d- raw, ate pork raw pork chopped. chops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or why over drinking new wine yeah. was thought to be
1: Well and and then of course it comes it comes down to, to stopping drinking for alcoholics. Yeah. It comes yeah. down to, to sort of hallucinations yeah. um
2: yeah. You know, coming off drugs of all sorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean there are also recipes for I mean, while people feared nightmares. There was also a sense in which people wanted good dreams, yeah. And there were there were recipes from the period for to encourage you to have good dreams. Oh, I want to try that. So so putting an ape's head underneath <laughs> your pillow. Would encourage wondrous dreams about wild animals. Okay, so they're really exciting. Can you have wonderful dreams, dreams
1: about wild well, no, animals? It, it, it makes
2: me think about the Godfather and the, sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the horse's
1: head beneath mm. the sheets. So, so basically, if you put an ape's head, if you murder an animal, you can you can go on safari. You can go on <laughs> safari. Yes, <laughs> that's. <what> I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think that would lead to nightmares for me. <laughs> it would <work> for me. <laughs> no, really, I like looking at things at distance. So there we go. Shall we wrap that up? Yes, I think, I think very, very good. <laughs> the dream. We need, we need to go and test this out now. But we do. I'm going to get an ape's head. Uh, I don't know where I'd get one from. Never mind. So we have, we've gone all over the place. We've gone from demons, uh, Frankenstein. Cheese. Cheese, lovely dreams. and um, Ascension to heaven, ch- the history of childhood. And then how you actually study the history of dreams. It's a real problem, yeah. isn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, but hopefully with the... But a really, a really exciting, vibrant area. There is a massive scholarship out there uh, on the Massive scholarship mm-hmm. out there on this. Yeah,
1: so d- do get involved, everyone. Um, to- tell us about your dreams.
2: Yes, yes, please. We
1: will publish your dreams, draw your dreams, describe your dreams, and let's, um, let's give the future some evidence to work from so everyone knows what we're dreaming about now. Put yourself in your position in history by telling us about your dreams. There we go. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, fabulous. Thank you very much for listening, and that's bye for now. Bye. Goodbye.
0: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.